Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days audible.com slash 48 hours. If you're a fan of 48 hours or true crime, looking to try on a case of your own, June's Journey is for you. A thrilling hidden object mystery game set against the backdrop of the 1920s. You play as June Parker, an amateur detective trying to unravel your sister's mysterious murder. As you dive into a world filled with twists and turns, trust no one. Every character could be hiding secrets. While you piece together the intricately woven plot, you'll collect crucial information in your photo album, turning suspicions into facts. And if you want help on the case, you can even join a detective club to collaborate or compete with fellow sleuths on hundreds of puzzles. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. 48 Hours presents... Everybody kind of likes to date a bad boy. Everybody does at some point in time in their life. He was so mysterious and nobody knew anything about him and I think that we really wanted to know. Shelly is my friend. She's my best friend. None of this makes any sense. She was a loving person, an amazing mother. For her just to be gone, to vanish, it's not like her. So there were a lot of secrets in that house. A lot of secrets. Were you scared for her? Definitely. We all were scared for her. What we're dealing with here is the case of a missing woman. My name is Kevin Keel. I've been working this case for over five years. Shelly Mook went missing back on February 28, 2011. She just up and vanished. beautiful young woman. She was 24 years old. She was a school teacher here in Tennessee. This is 911. Do you have any emergency? Hello? You think this is just one more piece to the overlying mysterious puzzle? Correct. When was this 911 call taken? 
2012. He inadvertently dialed 911. Who inadvertently dialed? Tyler, Shelly's ex-husband. How does this happen? He must have had some phone similar to this iPhone. You stick it in your back pocket. If you lean against something, you're going to press the button. So he butt dialed. He, he butt dialed. No one knows where she is or exactly what happened to her. But I'm pretty damn sure I know who did it. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Flash it off with a little gasoline. Back when all this happened, I remember hearing the story about the car being found out in the field that it had been burnt. As these firefighters practice knocking down a car fire, they remember another night back in 2011. It was 12.30 in the morning and in an empty farm field outside of town. A car went up in flames. Normally, people wouldn't think it was a big deal, but this is something that we deal with quite often. A lot of times, people will steal a car, go joyriding, and then when they get through with it, they'll take it out in the country somewhere and set it on fire and burn it, and then walk off and leave it. Just another car. But it wasn't just another car. It would turn out to be a clue a clue that could lead to a murderer. Here in central Tennessee, 
20 miles down the road from that mysterious car fire, something else strange happened at a middle school here in Shelbyville. An eighth grade teacher named Shelly Mook never showed up for class. This is not something that you ever expect to happen in your life, to have somebody that goes missing. What do you think happened to her? It's really hard to say. I mean, not having found very much evidence or, I mean, there's so many possibilities. Brittany Brooks grew up with Shelly Mook. She had these amazing eyes, beautiful smile. We always called it the million dollar smile. After Shelly's divorce in 2009, they became even closer. Were you her lifeline outside of the marriage? I think part me and part her mother and her family. Neither one of us had sisters, and it was kind of the sisterhood. Shelly also loved her daughter, six-year-old Liliana. They called her Lily. Shelly would never abandon her daughter. She would never left her without saying goodbye or kissing her goodbye. And she did that day. That day was Monday, February 28, 2011. And just one person would tell police what happened in the house that afternoon. That was Shelly's ex-husband, the father of their daughter. They've been divorced a couple of years. He lived right here. Shelly's ex-husband was a man by the name of Tyler Mook. Tyler's very smooth. He had this mysterious, dark way about him. He was absolutely, he was definitely more than just a bad boy. Brittany and Shelly met Tyler back in high school. Shelly and I were like, oh, you know, take a look at who just walked in. We don't know him, but we want to know him. All that happened in Pennsylvania, where Shelly and Brittany grew up. Tyler was a bit older. He liked engines and cars, and he liked girls. Were you there when Shelly walked over to him? We met him at a party one night, and her and I just kind of made bets to see who could end up going out with the, the cute guy that we don't know. So he was intrigued. Yes. She was intrigued. Uh-huh. It was definitely a few months, and, and that was it. She was hooked, and he was hooked. After high school, Shelly and Tyler got married. They had their daughter and moved down here to central Tennessee. To be closer to Tyler's family, everyone said family was important to Tyler Mook. Did you ever feel that he loved her? Absolutely. She loved him? She did. She did. In the beginning, was the marriage, was it a good one? When it was good, it was really, really good. When it was bad, it was really bad. There was no happy medium. There were some problems at home, like allegations of cheating. Everybody has their troubles, but it seemed like he genuinely loved her. The couple had an on-again, off-again relationship. And when they finally divorced in 2009, Tyler kept trying to get back with her. Listen to this. This is a letter he wrote to Shelly. Shelly, my love, 
Congrats on your first full day of teaching. My love for you grows like a wildfire. I'm polishing myself for you. He also tells her he's going to take her for a Caribbean cruise and then says, I love you with all of my heart. I don't want anybody else but you. That cruise never happened, and the couple didn't reconcile. Tyler and Shelley each went on to date other people and shared custody of their daughter, Lily. Until Shelley disappeared. Let's talk about that day. That particular day, she taught school. Picked up Liliana after school and picked up a box of Tyler's belongings that she had found. Kevin Keel is a former cop. Now he's a legal investigator. He worked the case for Shelley's family for several years and is now consulting for CBS. We know Shelley arrived at Tyler's with Liliana in a car seat. By all accounts, we know Shelley was upset when she went into Tyler's residence. What exactly happened after that is a mystery. The next day, when she didn't show up for work, her mom called police. But it took a while for an investigation to get going. And there wasn't much to go on. I wouldn't say no evidence. There's no direct evidence. There is circumstantial evidence. Remember that burning car, the one that firefighters rushed to in the middle of the night? That happened right here in this field. And it wasn't long before police discovered who owned that car. It belonged to Shelley. It was arson. They had burnt the car intentionally. Most likely it was to get rid of fingerprints or any kind of evidence that they might have left behind. And if covering up a crime was the goal of the arsonist, it apparently worked. There was no body in the car, no keys, and no clues. Shelly was gone. The last person to see her was her ex-husband and he was not being very cooperative. On February 28th, did Shelley come to your residence with Lily? On advice of counsel, I respectfully decline to answer on the grounds of the Fifth Amendment. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When did you learn that Shelly was missing? It wasn't till Wednesday after she went missing, I got a phone call. Where did your mind immediately go? It immediately went to Tyler. Tyler Mook. He was the last person known to be seen with Shelly. And he wasn't being very cooperative. He wasn't even helping with the search. You have to wonder, if you're not guilty, why are you not out searching with us? Why are you not helping us? He never helped? No, not at all. You'd think the police would have been all over him. How did they handle this case, as far as you're concerned? I feel that they dropped the ball in the beginning. It seemed like they thought that she possibly left on her own, and they didn't take our feelings seriously, our feelings of knowing that this was much more than they knew. How did the police first proceed with this? Did they look at Tyler right away? I can't speak to what they did initially because that was before I became involved. I do know they were at his house searching with a mobile crime lab three days after she disappeared. Three days seems like a long time, but local authorities are not commenting, so we don't know what happened. How frustrated are you that there hasn't been an arrest in this case? I am frustrated. To my knowledge, Tyler has not been interviewed about this case in depth at all. He hasn't been interviewed by the police? To my knowledge, he has not. Tyler may not have been grilled by police, but Shelley's family, fearing his involvement in her disappearance, took him directly to court. Family court. You solemnly swear or affirm, tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I do. With Shelley gone, someone had to take care of Lily, and that was up to a judge. Shelley's family tried to use the custody case to get some answers about what happened to Shelley. What did you tell Lily about her mother's disappearance? But when Tyler was deposed, he was not forthcoming. On the advice of counsel, I respectfully to answer the grounds of the Fifth Amendment. So this is the testimony he gave during that deposition? Yes. On February 28th, did Shelley come to your residence with Lily? On the advice of counsel, I respectfully declined to answer on the grounds of the Fifth Amendment. In the deposition, he asserted his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination counsel, 140, 150 times plus. Is that normal? Not if you're innocent. Did you have sex with Shelley on February 28th? Yes. What time? On advice of counsel, I respectfully declined to answer on the grounds of the Fifth Amendment. So... He refuses to answer that she came over to his house, that she came into his house, but he ha- doesn't have a problem, problem answering, I had sex with her? Correct. For whatever reason, he chose to answer that question during the deposition while refusing to answer numerous other questions. We do have a transcript from another hearing in the custody case. Tyler Mook was more forthcoming in this one. He says that Shelly came over that afternoon and that they spent over an hour talking about problems in her life. Tyler said she broke down crying over a boyfriend who may have been cheating on her. Then Tyler claims they made love 
while their daughter, Lily, was in another room. Finally, Tyler says Shelly left to do some errands, leaving Lily and promising to be back before 10 p.m. He says she never came back, and he spent the entire evening with Lily. Tyler says he texted and called Shelly, but only got one mysterious text message back from her around 7 p.m. It said, I will, babe. But there's one other account of that afternoon. It comes from Shelly and Tyler's six-year-old daughter, Lily. A child specialist interviewed Lily. What did Lily tell her? On the day her mother went missing, she and her mother went to Tyler's house. Her mother got out of the car. She stayed in the car. Shelly went to the door, appeared upset, went inside, and that was the last time she saw her mother. She never saw her mother inside the house? That's correct. She was taken in the front door and placed in her bedroom with the door closed with instructions not to come out. It seems that only Tyler Mook knows exactly what happened in that house that afternoon. But during the custody hearings, more allegations about Tyler Mook's behavior before Shelley disappeared came out, and it didn't look good. Court documents say numerous witnesses testified to the father's history of illegal drug use, drug trafficking, violent behavior, and verbal and physical abuse towards mother. The red flag would have been probably the emotional abuse, the verbal abuse. Such as? Um, you know, just telling her that nobody would ever want her or she wasn't pretty enough. Would he do this in front of you? He would do it in front of me, other family members. Um, the physical abuse, he would grab her by the wrist. He'd, you know, push her against the wall. Were you scared for her? Definitely. We all were scared for her. In the child custody case, the court ruled in favor of Shelley's family. Her mother got primary custody of Lily and moved her hundreds of miles away. A year passed. As Tyler and his family stewed about the court decision, the authorities seemed no closer to making an arrest in Shelley's disappearance. Then, something really strange happened. 911, what's the address of your emergency? 911 gets a call. For lack of a better word, the caller had butt-dialed 911. He apparently did not know the 911 operator was listening to him and recording the call for 22 minutes. The caller was Tyler Mook. You can't take somebody's kid away from them for the next 13 years. That's something that I've never been charged with and something that somebody said. The call is very difficult to hear, but listen, Mook seems to be talking about that night, the night Shelly vanished and her car was burned. All they already got, a bunch of people lined up. Oh, they got people seeing me leave that night. Oh, they see Sean's car going down the road that night. Oh, somebody see me walking down the road in the middle of the night. He was in the garage with his father. They evidently were working with some power tools, probably had the phone in his back pocket, and inadvertently leaned back and dialed 911 without meaning to. What was he worried about the car for? I think he was worried that 
there may be some evidence linking him to Shelley's vehicle that was found burning around 12.30 a.m. on March 1st. At the end of the phone call, Tyler suddenly realizes he must have accidentally called 911. This is Robin, may I help you? Yes, I was uh, curious if my phone dialed 911. I looked down and it said it was on emergency call for the last 20 minutes. Okay. Um, yes, we had received a call from your phone. From Tyler's lawyer at the time told local media the whole 911 call meant nothing. It was simply Tyler Mook talking about his painful custody battle. What does this 911 call say to you? In a nutshell, it proves nothing. But it certainly, when combined with all the other circumstantial evidence, would lead you to believe that he you know, has some culpability. What do you think his motive was? Tyler seems to be the type of person that would have the mindset, if I can't have her, no one can. I think he just snapped after learning that his ex-wife had spent the night with her boyfriend that previous night. Authorities have not commented about the 911 call, and Tyler Mook has never publicly spoken about the case. And what is the truth? My personal belief is that Tyler was involved and has knowledge of Shelley's disappearance, the burning of her vehicle, and I believe he has knowledge of where she is now, where her body may be. But years passed, and there was nothing. In spite of all the circumstantial evidence, without a body, authorities were not willing to move forward. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation had named Tyler Mook a person of interest, but the case was stuck, and Tyler moved away. And then, Tyler got in trouble with a woman in Florida. I fought and fought and fought. Listen to more of Tyler Mook's pocket dial call to 911 on Facebook at 48 Hours. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's been six long years since Shelly Mook disappeared. Since then, Tyler Mook, her ex-husband, moved down here to the warm Florida coast to start over. The case of his missing ex-wife, Shelly, has gone cold. Until this story took an unexpected turn. Tyler Mook had gotten himself into trouble, serious trouble. 
he attacked a woman in Florida on a boat. He grabbed my sunglasses off my head and, and he grabbed my bathing suit. It's like he was going to rip my bathing suit. The woman was Robin Donath, Tyler's on-again, off-again girlfriend. And then finally he picked me up and he threw me over the side of the boat. That's when he jumped in behind me, turned me upside down and was holding me under. And I fought and fought, just trying to find bottom, trying to find anything. The attack happened on Tyler's speedboat here on the Intracoastal Waterway. Tyler and his brother Andrew and their girlfriends were out for some fun in the sun. Robin says she'd had been late to the party, and that made Tyler mad. He was racing his boat through go-slow zones, and when she started complaining, he got angrier. I just kept telling him, slow down. I said, you're going to hit a sandbar and kill us all. Tyler really lost his temper. He stopped the boat and threw her off. Then he dived in on top of her. And I was just begging him and just pleading him to please let me go. I just screamed, Andrew, please help me. She was screaming, uh, he's trying to kill me, help me, let me on your boat. Dylan Wedgwood and Giuliano Garcia were out on a boat with friends, cruising down the Florida Intracoastal when they came upon an unusual scene. What did you see? Uh, we saw two people in the water and she was just frantically uh, splashing around. Should people be in this water? I mean, it's kind of murky, it's dark, it's, it's a mess. It's just, it's uncommon for you to be swimming up against the mangroves where you can't get to shore if anything does happen. And she was frantically splashing and swimming up to our boat. And we got her to the back of the boat, put down the ladder and got her in right away. And then he started freaking out and like yelling and she was back here crying. He was freaking out at you two? Yeah, kind of at everyone, yeah. He just looked extremely pissed off. Giuliano and Dylan took Robin back to the dock. A police officer happened to be there. When Robin told the cop Tyler tried to drown her, Tyler was arrested and eventually charged with attempted murder. Surprisingly, Robin says he wasn't violent when they began dating. Very charming like a perfect guy, pretty much. They were introduced by a friend and hit it off right away. Hi, I'm Tyler. <laughs> and I said, hi, I'm Robin. And we were together every single day. He filled the void of a guy that I needed. But Robin was curious about Tyler. And after a couple of months of dating, she Googled him. His ex-wife was missing. And he was the main person of interest. He was the last one to see her. And he just said, don't believe anything that you see on the internet. None of it's true. And he just pretty much told me that she was dating a guy overseas or something. And he thinks that she just left and went overseas. Robin says she was skeptical of Tyler's story and a little freaked out when she saw Shelly's photograph. She resembled me, blonde hair around the same age. Pretty. 
Down in Florida, Robin wasn't the only woman who found Tyler charming. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I was like, Erica no, Tucker and no her way. fiance like, met Tyler you. through work, and the couple ended up spending a lot of time with him. The first question that he always had was regarding, how are your children? How are the kids doing, Erica? And I always thought that was very nice of him. One day, she too found out he was suspected in the disappearance of his ex-wife. I said, Tyler, like, did you do that? You I, asked him that. I did. And he looked at me and he said, no, I didn't do that. He goes, you know me, Erica. Do you think I would do something like that? I didn't do that. Even Erica's friends seemed okay with Tyler. And so my best friend was coming over and she was like, Erica, which one is the one that they think is, you know, the murderer? And I was like, Tyler, the tall, handsome one. And she was like, get out. He was the nicest person here. Let's fast forward to the incident here in Florida. Mm -hmm. I was scrolling through Facebook and somebody shared a link and I was like, Holy goodness. And I was like, honey, you got to see this. This is, you know, Tyler was arrested for doing this. You, you knew they had a volatile relationship. They would break up and get back together, break up and get back together. And I knew that they would have arguments between them. But when she claimed he tried to kill her, what was your reaction? I was shocked. I, I was shocked. But what shocked Erica Tucker more was the severity of the charges. He grabs a hold of Robin and he holds her down under the water. Tyler Mook stood accused of attempted murder. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Those who were on the boat that day will tell you that the defendant picked his girlfriend, Robin Donoff, up, threw her into the water, jumped in after her, he held her underwater. They're going to try and establish that he had a conscious intent to kill. They're Two years after the incident, Tyler Mook goes on trial. They're going to try and establish that he had a premeditated design to effectuate the death of Robin Donoff. What happened that day in that water wasn't a game. It wasn't a splash in the water. The defendant attempted to murder Robin Donath. And it's our position that there's just insufficient evidence to establish that under the facts of this case. The evidence will show you that the defendant is guilty as charged. Thank you. Prosecutors were forbidden from telling the jury 
that Tyler Mook was a person of interest in his ex-wife's disappearance. Because under Florida state law, that critical piece of information was simply inadmissible in court. McDonald's, for the record, state your name again, please. Robin Donneth. Did you two think someone was trying to kill her? I think the way she was acting, somebody was definitely trying to hurt her or do something like that bad she to her. She seemed to be as, like in danger. How are you fighting him to get up? Just trying to push away from him and just trying to get away from him with my hands. Robin says that after an outraged Tyler threw her in the water, the terror continued. He jumped in right behind me and grabbed me right away. He turned me face down and held me under the first time. And then it happened again? Yeah, I got up and I got one really quick gasp of air and then he pushed me right back under. So the second time, did he spin you around? No. And you thought you were going to die at the hands of, of, of Tyler Moot, correct? Yes. So when you got up the second time, you got away from him and you were able to start yelling for help, correct? No, I was just begging him and pleading him just to let me go. Under subpoena, Tyler's own brother, Andrew Mook, is forced to testify against him. Would it be fair to say that you don't want to be here today? That is correct. As Tyler and Andrew's anxious parents sit just a few feet away, Andrew says he witnessed Tyler throw Robin overboard. Do you recall if she said anything when she came up? She yelled for me. He's trying to kill me. Responding to Robin's pleas for help, Andrew says he jumped into the water and wrestled Robin from Tyler's arms. What did you do towards your brother? Put him in a chokehold. Okay, when you say you put him in a chokehold, using me, tell me what you did. Okay, and when you did that, what happened? He let go of her, swam back to the boat. Nicole Guajardo, Andrew's girlfriend, who watched this terrifying scene unfurl from the back seat of the boat, remembers Tyler's chilling words. He looks at me and says, no one disrespects me in front of my family, I'll kill her. The evidence is not gonna suggest that he should win any awards for boyfriend of the month or get on the cover of Gentleman's Quarterly. He was wrong. Mook's defense attorney, Arthur Marquetta, never put Tyler himself on the stand. And he argued, there's just no evidence of attempted murder. When you hear what happened, it just doesn't seem to make sense. Robin was able to yell for help. Robin was able to scream for the other boat. She didn't need mouth to mouth. She didn't need to be resuscitated. She didn't need CPR. She got back on the other boat. If Tyler Mook was guilty of anything, says his lawyer, it was of behaving badly. So he throws her in the water. It's not as if he, he threw her into the rocks or threw her into the trees or into the mangroves. He threw her into the water as if he's throwing her into a pool. Robin was drowning. Robin was fighting for her life. He doesn't stop there either. After three days in court, the trial was over. What he did was moronic. What he did was probably wrong and rude, but not criminal not an attempt to kill. I'm asking you to find him not guilty. It's not an attempt to kill. Hear more from Robin Dunneth at 48hours.com.
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Verdict. We, the jury, find the defendant, Tyler Mook, guilty of attempted second-degree murder. Tyler Mook is found guilty of second-degree attempted murder. I think I probably started crying a little bit. Just happy, I guess, that he was convicted of what he deserved. Mook is sentenced to 12 years. And just happy that he's going to stay away from me. With Tyler in jail for a violent crime against his girlfriend, what will this mean for Shelly's case back in Tennessee? How did you react to the news that Tyler had been arrested for attempting to kill his, his new girlfriend? Knowing what I did about Tyler's violent temper, his controlling nature, it didn't surprise me. What did surprise me is learning that Andrew stepped in. Then basically saved Ms. Donna's life. Do you swear or confirm that the evidence you're about to give? Why did that surprise you? Primarily because of the lack of involvement in locating Shelly and learning what happened to her up here. Do any of the family members hold the keys to this case? All I can do is guess at that, but it would be hard for me to believe after listening to the 911 call. They can't prove nothing. And they know that there's a better chance of me leaving. They will. So, Mom, they want to come arrest me. don't want all they got to do is talk black. That no one had a clue what was going on. Would it surprise you that his family would do anything to protect him? No, absolutely not. I think his family would go to the end of the earth to protect him, no matter what it took. Brittany Brooks stood up for her friend Shelly, but throughout 48 hours investigation... You solemnly swear or affirm, tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I do. Before and after Tyler Mook's trial, we have reached out to Tyler, his family, 
And you would lie for him to keep him out of the penitentiary? No, sir. And past and present lawyers, no one has been willing to defend Tyler. No one except his friend, Erica Tucker. When you hear about everything in Tennessee, it it's scary and it, it's very upsetting, I think, for everybody involved in this. However, I also know that he hasn't been charged with anything regarding Shelley. I decided in my heart that I will never know the answer or the truth, and I'm not here to judge him. Erica, his parents haven't talked to us. His brother hasn't. Mm-hmm. His brother's girlfriend. No other friends. You're the lone person who stands out and who is, in essence, defending his honor. What is it about him that has so struck you in a way that you see good in him? I think what struck my heart the most is he has a daughter. And when Tyler would talk to me, he would talk to me and address me about my children. And I remember he had a lot of sadness that he never got to see his daughter. And I, um, I remember saying to him one time, at least in the future, even if you can't see her now, one day you can show her that you've been trying to. But Tyler Mook will have to keep trying. Remember, a court in Tennessee had given custody of Lily to Shelley's family. Tyler's family appealed that, but they lost. The court said that Mook was, quote, unfit to parent the child because of his history of domestic violence and the danger from exposure to the father's drug activities. The court also slammed him for consistently taking the fifth during his testimony. The court wrote, ordinarily, a party seeking custody of his child would testify of his love for his child, his activities for his child and his plans. Well, in this case, the father did not testify for his love for Lily. Where are you taking me? We are going to a cell tower in Beach Grove, Tennessee. A cell tower? Yes. Meantime, investigator Kevin Keel is not giving up. He's working the case pro bono. He hopes at least to find Shelley's body. And what is the significance of this particular cell tower? This particular cell tower is the last tower that had any communication at all with Shelley's cell phone on the day of her disappearance. That's the cell tower up there. Now, that's the cell tower that her phone last pinged. So how would that have happened? About 7.30 p.m. Now that was several hours after she was supposed to have last been seen. What would she be doing here? That's a good question. I personally don't think she was here, at least voluntarily. So Tyler has been convicted now of second degree attempted murder. It certainly makes the world a safer place for women, I think. Robin Donath got justice. Shelley has not. And Lily either. Uh, and Lily either. I hate the thought of having that little girl grow up thinking my mother abandoned me. 
Did she not love me? Did she not want me? Why did she leave me? Why didn't she say bye to me? Those are all valid questions that that child has to deal with and has dealt with every day since February 28, 2011. And I think she deserves some measure of closure and justice. Mook remains a person of interest in the disappearance of his ex-wife. Shelly and Tyler's daughter, Lily, still lives with Shelly's mom. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds, but none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them? and not the man pulling the strings. Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Take true crime with you on your shirt, mug, or hat with official 48 Hours merchandise at ParamountShop.com. You can take 20% off with code HOURS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all 48 Hours products with code HOURS20 at ParamountShop.com. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's the case, then I've got some good news. We just launched a brand new Strange, Dark, and Mysterious podcast called Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries. And as the name suggests, it's a show about medical mysteries, a genre that many fans have been asking us to dive into for years, and we finally decided to take the plunge, and the show is awesome. In this free weekly show, we explore bizarre, unheard of diseases, strange medical mishaps, unexplainable deaths, and everything in between. Each story is totally true and totally terrifying. Go follow Mr. Ballin's Medical Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a Prime member, you can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.